The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Fare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 43 and 134. Give sentence with me, O God, and defend my cause against the ungodly people. O deliver me from the deceitful and wicked man. For thou art the God of my strength. Why hast thou put me from thee? And why go I so heavily, while the enemy oppresseth me? O send out thy light and thy truth, that they may lead me and bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy dwelling. And that I may go unto the altar of God, even unto the God of my joy and gladness, and upon the harp will I give thanks unto thee, O God, my God. Why art thou so heavy, O my soul, and why art thou so disquieted within me? O put thy trust in God, for I will yet give him thanks, which is the help of my countenance and my God. Psalm 134 Behold now, praise the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. Ye that by night stand in the house of the Lord, even in the courts of the house of our God. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary, and praise the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth give thee blessing out of Zion. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 52nd chapter of the book of Isaiah. Awake, awake, 
put on your strength, O Zion, put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust, arise, sit down, O Jerusalem, loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus says the Lord, you have sold yourselves for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord, my people went down at first into Egypt to dwell there. Then the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now, therefore, what have I here, says the Lord, that my people are taken away for nothing? Those who rule over them make them wail, says the Lord, and my name is blasphemed continually every day. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he who speaks. Behold, it is I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Your watchmen shall lift up their voices, with their voices they shall sing together, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord brings back Zion. Break forth into joy, sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the sixth chapter of the book of Acts. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Simon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, 
disputing with Stephen, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the Holy Spirit by which he spoke. Then they secretly induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, seized him and brought him to the council. They also set up false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. And all who sat in the council, looking steadfastly at him, saw his face as the face of an angel. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee and do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Almighty God, who has committed to the hands of men the ministry of reconciliation, we humbly beseech thee by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit to put it into the hearts of many to offer themselves for this ministry, that thereby mankind may be drawn to thy blessed kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who has at this time didst teach the hearts of thy faithful people by sending to them the light of thy Holy Spirit, Grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things, and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort. Through the merits of Christ Jesus our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the same Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, 
and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. A couple of thoughts about our lessons for tonight. We begin with the Psalms tonight, and Psalm 43 is a um, continues the the theme of Psalm 42, which we've read. Um, and it's this it's a psalm of uh, hope in the midst of exile. Um, the poetry of Psalm 43 um, envisions a the imagery of of light being sent out from the temple in Jerusalem to um, someone who is abroad, who has been who is abroad and who wants to be back there, but is being prevented from being there, and needs to be shown the way back there, and so. The prayer, O oh, send out thy light and thy truth, that they may lead me and bring me to thy holy hill and to thy dwelling, is an image of being brought back from the ends of the earth and, and a, a psalm of return, um, and of hope in the midst of that, while at the same time fully acknowledging and bearing the weight of still being um, separated, still being uh, apart. And so we see this kind of dual, um, this, this this kind of like dual sense that that inhabits Psalm forty three where there is a, a hopeful sense of, of longing for return and also the acknowledgement that, you know, that the thing that is being hoped for is not fully realized yet. Um, and yet, nevertheless, the psalm ends with the with the note, but still, you know, and yet will I trust in God, who is the help of my countenance and my God. Um, you know, why are you so heavy, O oh my soul? Why are you so disquieted within me? The psalm is very psychologically and spiritually complex because it acknowledges both of those things and does not collapse into an easy sense of kind of um, of uh, cheap piety on one side, but also doesn't uh, collapse into despair and despondency on the other. It, it is a very um, deep psalm and a very helpful psalm for us because it kind of draws out of us whenever we pray it, um, both of those things that are true of us, that we are not yet um, you know, we're not yet where we are going. And yet at the same time, we can have hope in the midst of things that even while acknowledging the difficulty of those things. And as we look over in Psalm 134, this is a psalm of, of, of sense, uh, of ascent, which is um, likely a kind of psalm that was prayed in, in kind of a communal setting as people were on pilgrimage from different places in Israel or Judah and going up to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Um, as you would have to go gain elevation to do so and ascend uh, to get to Jerusalem and then ascend again through the city up to the Temple Mount, which is the high place of that city. Um, and so this psalm was this this kind of, you know, you know, it's a it's a song like don't, you know, put out the lights. Those of you who wait by night in the courts of our God, keep the light, keep the lamp, lamps burning, keep the lights on because people are on the way. Um, and then the psalm closes. Um, with this benediction that comes from the servants of the temple of the house of the Lord saying that the God of Israel bless you from, you know, from this holy temple. And so um, we have taken together as we've been learning, you know, when we have two Psalms together, we have to look at them side by side like this. And, you know, we have the one where the person, the psalmist is reflecting this perspective of being far away and longing and desiring to be led by God's light and truth to the temple and to return again. And at the same time, the second psalm is a is a, a psalm for the pilgrimage to the temple. And so there is a reflection of longing, there is a reflection of journeying, and there is a reflection of, 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 of sort of a, a confidence that one will finally arrive and receive that blessing of peace uh, from the Lord himself out of his temple. And this, you know, this these, the things that we're seeing in the psalms here are, are historically realized in the uh, language of 
Isaiah 52, um, which is having to do with the, the end of the exile of, of Judah in Babylon and the, the ending of the Babylonian captivity. And so we can see in these Psalms this kind of timeless, um, this timeless prayer that is being prayed by the people as they have gone out so that they might come back in. Um, and as they were, you know, in the Babylonian captivity, we'll recall that even though everybody was established in Jerusalem, everyone was established in the temple city, their, um, their sort of rampant serial idolatry was what got them exiled from that. And the Lord himself, um, dashed his own temple city to pieces by the hand of the Babylonians and sent his people into exile. But then in Isaiah's prophecy in chapter 52 here, we see this promise of return again. That the Lord, even though even in sacking, allowing the city of Jerusalem to be sacked and really sacking his own city uh, by the hand of this foreign power, um, nevertheless has preserved what is what is referred to in Isaiah's prophecies as Zion, which is this remnant ideal, this remnant entity of Jerusalem that is faithful, that is not compromised by idolatry, that is still a house of prayer, that is still a place where worthy prayers offered unto him. Um, and that that has not been destroyed. God has not renounced his covenant and has not renounced on his goodwill to re, 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 to retain a temple people um, to represent him to the world and through whom the world might come to know and come into the true knowledge of God. Um, but that is being preserved even when the, the you know, the, the building of the temple lies in ruins. The city of Jerusalem is still bearing the ugly scars of the long siege. And when, with all the citizenry in exile, nevertheless, the gravity of this real thing that the Lord himself is, pre is preserving is going to bring and draw out of the whole world all those who are fit, who are found fit to belong to that kind of remnant temple city that is being preserved in the kind of the, through the in the kind of hidden work of God in the midst of all of this kind of chaotic historical circumstances and that there as there has been a scattering so there will be a great ingathering again um, and that the news of this um, is you know is you know makes beautiful even the um, the kind of the soiled feet of the one who bears it right the one who has been tromping through the mud to get out to the outskirts into the highways and the hedges to bring such a message to the world that makes beautiful even the like even even the most like sort of that 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 the most common of things is made beautiful by the the glory of that message and that being the kind of poetic image there in that in that poem there um and so we start to see this fully realized of course in the in the um and they you know as acts unfolds here um before us in acts chapter six when we're reading about the raising up of the first deacons of the church and particularly deacon stephen um, as he is, um, as he is particularly highlighted in the, in the narrative of Acts, right on the edge of the end of the Jerusalem ministry, of the, uh, the sort of the end of the part of Acts that focuses on the Jerusalem ministry. And in, as, and once again, we're going to be seeing a going out from Jerusalem, like as there had been historically an exile and then a return. So there will be now a kind of scattering of the church from Jerusalem that is going to again be imagined in the ingathering again in a, preserved remnant Zion Jerusalem that the Lord himself is preserving at the end of all things. And that'll be the message of revelation, of course. And so what we're about to see happen here through the um, trial and martyrdom of Stephen is actually this great sending out, bearing the good news that the great ingathering has begun. And so in the apparent sort of defeat of the Jerusalem ministry of the apostles, there is actually the catalyzing of this great ingathering that is, that is going to begin and then be carried out throughout, as we see in the whole New Testament, and then unto the end of the age. 
um, as soon as Stephen is martyrdom, the, the, the Christians in Jerusalem will largely go out into Judea and then into Samaria, and then they'll begin going outward beyond, uh, beyond Israel, beyond the, out into the ends of the earth. Uh, and so as we're reflecting on this on an ember day, which we are today, um, where we remember, of course, that the Lord is, you know, we pray in the ember day prayer, which is particularly potent in, in the sort of the week of Pentecost, that the Lord is going to, by his Holy Spirit, empower um, you know, ministers for his church. He's going to raise up um, a ministry for his church to carry this good message of peace and the great, you know, the great ingathering of all to uh, the Lord himself situated in his sort of remnant creation that he is going to be uh, raising up. Um, and then we, you know, we, we sort of see in that the, and the special importance of being witnesses to this thing that as we have borne witness in our own lives, of how we have encountered this. So we are then in the same grace that we have received it, then called upon to be formed so as to bear witness to it in a, um, in a way that is truthful and compelling. Um, and so one of the, one of the ways we are being formed and we will continue to be formed through the Trinity season that commences with Pentecost is, um, we're going to be formed in this kind of dual identity of being those who are, who have seen this thing, who have borne witness to this thing that is, been handed down from us from the apostles that we have witnessed in our own lives, but then we are bearing witness to yet ahead of us. And so we'll be drawn back in sort of the posture of the psalmist again. We'll be those who, um, who are sort of longing for the consummation of this thing. We'll be those who are bearing the reality of living in a world that doesn't always reflect the very truth that the kingdom is among us and that it is coming to fruition. But we'll also be able to have the good cheer of pilgrim singers who go along our way um, and and being able to sing that pilgrim song and the good hope that we'll receive the blessing of God at the end. So let's take hope in that this evening. And we'll continue tonight with our intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining in this evening. And thanks to Aliyah, my co-leader. Hope you all have a wonderful evening. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Father Hayden.
Well, good evening, everyone. Have a good evening. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Have a good, good night. Yeah, have a good evening.